This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Believe Podcast Network presents the FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in FCS Football Podcast, hosted by two former University of Rhode Island football players. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my good friend, Mr. Sean Anderson. Sean, I did a, a radio spot yesterday, and one of the oh, congratulations! Where was mine? Wait, what? <laughs> it was a draft spot. But so oh. the host referenced the FCS show, and he, he clearly hadn't listened to it because he said that, like, oh, they're you know, you you guys are much more professional and on topic than we are. That's what he said about his radio show. But his where co-host, was this show at? Uh, New Mexico. So when he said that, I was like, I, I wouldn't really say that. <laughs> That hasn't been the, the most like poor description. It's the complete opposite. We spend 15 minutes in the beginning they of the show. Listen. They yeah. didn't listen. They, unless someone oh, said, unless their uh, associate producer or producer said, hey, why don't you skip to the 20-minute mark, and then you can listen, <laughs> then and, and get a feel for them chopping it up on the show, then, then that's, that's when we're a little more organized. But the beginning, not organized, because one show host seems to respect the other, uh, not at all. Uh, with the because I, I asked two straight you, months of you asking me a question that even if I don't have it, I have it. That's okay, we're not in the same room. We're not in the same room, and we're not sitting next to each other. So I can't see if you're holding the ad read or if you have the ad read pulled up on your laptop. Where would? Uh, so I, it, why do you mean hold a if I ever once question. held an ad read? It's always been on my laptop. All I do, all I do is search in Alex. And then you know what comes up with Alex? Ad read for 0408, whatever, 22. That's what it's comes up. It's just a up. precautionary question because do you wait? Do you know how many times in the past that I have, not you, I have had to do a read and I didn't pull up the read? It's just good to check. Well, you don't know, you don't respect the value of a dollar. So you're fine if you do do an ad read or don't do an ad read. That's not true. <laughs> That's absolutely do you have a read true. today? I don't have a read today. Do you want to share it? Do you want to share today's read? Should we, no, should we I don't want together? to share it. Uh, no, today's I, show, what were you going to say? No, I'm fine. I, I, I have an anecdote for this read whenever okay. we're ready for it. Today's show, we're talking about and continuing our seasonal previews for 2022. Next up on the list was Montana. I believe they were sixth on the stats FCS top 25. Um, hopefully less mistakes. I think... We did a, a lot extra, not more prep work than last time, but we made sure to double check some things before we <laughs> decided to roll into the show. I'm sure we're still going to mess something up. It's, it's just to happen. We're, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> we're reading articles that we think could be possibly reliable. That's I what hope it that is. they are. Well, because like it, you you find an article and you're like, oh, this looks like a, a reliable source of information because it's made by uh, a local media outlet or a news outlet. But there's also the random possibility it's some 
random dude in a shed in Montana that has a typewriter and is just clacking away and then sends it with half, you know, half correct information. Well, it can't be a typewriter because I've never seen more advertisements on a website than on montanasports.com. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> stop. Don't ask me. Stop seeing this ad. Why this ad? It's all ads. It's all oh, of them. Might I add the small local media outlets uh-huh. that require a paid subscription for information pertaining to these FCS teams? I know they have to. I make can't stand. I know they have to. But. Do it's, with this. Time, I would rather have be bombarded one. with ads. I'd rather be bombarded with ads than have to. Like, I'm not. I can't pay. I'm not going to pay. You know, I, I think you're right because I went on a big jag on the Jacksonville newspaper when we would get Jacksonville State news from, and you've reached your article limit. I'm like, hey, do you want people talking about you or not? You want us to keep on citing your site or not? Because we can't do that if we can't read the article. Jerks. All right. What? Uh, I'll let you do the read. I, let's start a website, Joe. You and me. All ads, all free. It's just you, it's you're not only gonna, ads. You don't, a have couple to sign, you, you don't have to sign up for the website. It's, it's unlimited articles, more ads than you've ever seen. The, the website will be 80% advertisements. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do. God, oh, God. It's no happening anywhere. Considering 20% of the actual sports related discussion on the show is ads, I think we can totally support <laughs> <laughs> We can totally support that. Oh, I'd love to tell you, Joe, how little I know about early season baseball. I. The Detroit Tigers are they I can't wait till they're the bot at the bottom of the AL this year. I can't wait because they do it every year. Every year. I don't care yeah. that you have Javier Baez. I don't care that you got AJ Hinch. I don't care who you bring in to help you. They'll help you in April. June, July, August, September. You might accumulate 12 wins. I hope you go over then because <laughs> you're just a parlay buster. And I knew this. I knew it. It's fine. But you know what? Now for April, it's not like I'm going to bet on them because they're the Tigers, but that's something I can stay away from. And I will be staying away from the Detroit Tigers and my MLB bets at betonline.ag. That is where I will be avoiding all Detroit sports. All of them. I don't care about what the hell. What? Oh, I had a very, very loud advertisement automatically play <laughs> from the website mid-read, and I thought I was booted out of the stream. Regardless, betonline.ag, it's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V. No, no, I'm not going to allow this. You know who started that? Me. I, do I, Am I getting credited for this? Because it's finally written out, B-L-E-A-V. I don't, I've I don't doing know. It. I've been spelling that out. It, it hasn't been in the read, everybody. I've been spelling it out for your, not amusement, for to make it easier for you. And now somebody caught on and said, how about we write this in? I, that's me. <laughs> that's me. That's me making a difference. <laughs> Sean, can I say, by the way, I, th- I think we're the first sports media podcast to break the fourth wall with an advertisement. Because you had an ad interrupted. Oh my god! By an know, ad. <laughs> you know what it sounded like? <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is that? What hap- What's happening? It's the loudest ad I've ever heard. Oh my god! BetOnline.ag. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Believe where Sean gets zero respect for being a professional. 
Well, that was every, every other host that does a bet online read needs to thank me. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure it probably put out a memo. They need to thank me. So we've actually got today, <laughs> by know, the way. I'm sorry, I froze you in my bed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just I'm thinking ahead of myself. I forgot to include this in the notes, but we're gonna get to it up the end. I was debating if we should do this in the mailbag. I want to do it today. Oh yeah. We're gonna do a lot of screaming at the end of this podcast because of the, the Nicole Ar Nicole Arbach. I don't care if I'm pronouncing her name yeah. right, but Nicole Arbach article, and you know exactly what I'm referencing. Every FCS fan should know what I'm referencing here. We're going to get to that at the end. But first, Montana. Montana was a, a really, really good defensive team last year. And I was really high on them. Uh, that Eastern Washington-Montana game was probably one of the most entertaining games I watched last year, especially for FCS. And they looked really good towards the end after after suffering that loss. We're not able to make that run. I think that we were hoping that they were capable of during the playoffs, dealing with injuries at quarterback and in injuries at other positions. But nonetheless, they're returning some really important players. As we've done so far, though, Sean, I want to indicate and talk about a couple of the losses that they're going to be enduring. Uh, Samori Torre was obviously already gone. He's a part of this draft cycle. He was at Nebraska. So that was one guy that they lost from the receiver group. Now they're also losing Samuel Samuel Akem. I believe that was the correct pronunciation. I can guarantee someone's going to come in here in the comments saying it's pronounced Akam. But regardless, they're losing arguably their best receiver. Arguably. A fantastic weapon. Like leaps and bounds, their best receiver. Yeah, and he's and he's been so good for an extended period of time. He was yeah. consistently their number one receiving option. And then they're also losing Jace Lewis, who if I'm going to double check in a second. I'm not, I'm not going to make a statement without double checking. Was one of their best linebackers alongside Patrick O'Connell. And a big reason why their defense was so good last year. Yeah, O'Connell is returning. Uh, Lewis uh, was their other uh, big-time linebacker. Uh, yes. But I'd also like to thank Montana and their athletics website for not posting their stats from the last fall. That is uh, always fun to see. I it's, love a, it's on there, but it's very it's harder to it's harder to find than it should be. Oh, my God. I'm not going to dig around there. Okay. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Every every one of these websites is a nightmare. Yeah, he was uh, first team, uh, preseason first team All-Big Sky, uh, first team preseason All-America, uh, Hero Story. Yeah, he was, a, he was a big, big part of their um, their defense. Yeah, both of those losses, I think, are, are certainly notable. But I, I don't think that they're... Losing those two positions, I, I don't think that's debilitating. Like we've gone through some lists of guys that that teams were losing at key positions, and it, it felt like they were seriously deteriorating. But heck, like they, they only had a couple guys participate in their pro day. One of them was a kicker, and one of them was their long snapper, Matthew O'Donohue. And it's like <laughs> he follows yeah, me on Twitter, by the way. Pains um, me that you know that. He follows me on Twitter. He's also the allegiance of long snappers, your knowledge on long snappers <laughs> compared to every other position group in all of football is so infuriating to me. Wait, I'm, I, try uh, to, I try to be rather, I try to spread out my, you know, I try to share the wealth when it comes to knowledge on players, how, however little <laughs> it may be. You are just, you know, every long snapper from every college. 
I actually, and this might be a little bit of a teaser, I, I want to during the offseason, and I don't know how I'm going to properly proposition this, but I'm going to actually start interviewing long snappers oh on the God. YouTube channel. No, because I had I had a, an interview lined up uh, for Jojo Dahman, who is a Nebraska linebacker. Kid stands me up. His dad's his agent, but his dad also wanted me to interview the Illinois long snapper who's a part of this draft class. So that kind of sparked the idea. That's a separate... Don't don't roll your eyes at me. What is that? No long snapper will turn me down. You do a very good job with Hack City, so I'm not gonna I'm not going to it's going on the channel. say what should go on the channel and what shouldn't go on the channel. But I promise you, those videos will get a lot of views. Th- they live up to the name. No, no, no. They live up to the name. This is where the, the Hack City videos should compromise. In long snapper interviews. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to be serious conversations. Why they're would they be? They're long they're snappers. Be the, they're they're going to be the long snapper, long snapper conversation. You know, you know why you I, I would never want to do a show with, I don't know, a defensive end or a wide receiver? Because they're all too serious. They're all too serious. I love doing a show with a long snapper and a specialist, Bert, because he is the biggest doof I've ever met. <laughs> Damn straight. I, Doofs win. Uh, notable losses, though, those two guys. You're losing a linebacker. You're, you're losing a receiver. And we're going to touch on this stuff at the end, but it's worth noting that Cam Humphrey, who was their starting quarterback for a majority of last year, uh, it will not be back. Um, I believe that's an eligibility situation. It said he participated in the pro day, which we knew about and verified this time, unlike what we did with Eric Schmid. Yeah. <laughs> but Cam Humphrey... A bit unavailable at times because of some injuries. It's notable, though, that they're losing him because he was clearly the guy that they kept turning back to. Yeah. Because even though when he was hurt and he would come back healthy, they didn't just hand things over to Chris Brown full time. They were always looking to turn back to uh, Cam Humphrey in these situations. Well, that's how when a quarterback wins a locker room, that's kind of how it is. I mean, remember when Jawan was kind of banged up? We're like, is Jawan going to be good for going to be, or, you know, are we going to be good to go? Or are we ready to roll? You know, how's he doing? And then, you know, they, you get the updates, you get here and there, but you, once you win the locker room, it's hard for everyone to kind of be ready, ready without before the declarative statement. Okay. He's out. And now we got the, the, the second guy coming in. So, and then everyone buys in, everyone's cool. Everyone's chill then. But when you're in that little, the, the, the middling period where you're like, okay, all right, there's maybe, you know, the rumblings, that's when you're like, ah, all right, we need this guy. You know, that's why right, we hope it all works out well. So, I mean, it's an interesting, it, it's an interesting dynamic because not a lot of people, I think, get to experience that if they didn't play the game, you know, because you're just, you're ready to be there for anybody. But at the same time, you kind of have a little bit of a preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're comfortable with somebody, you're always going to be hoping that that player comes back. And we've also been in those circumstances of, of observing quarterback battles multiple times at URI. And we're going to talk about that impending quarterback battle uh, at the end here, at the end of this Montana discussion. Hitting on some of the returnees, uh, they've got a lot of really good players coming back. And the four that stood out the most to us was Justin Ford, one of their starting corners, who was an All-American. Patrick O'Connell, so what I was trying to check and verify I knew it was either Jace Lewis or Patrick O'Connell, and I thought it was O'Connell that was nominated and a finalist for the Buck Buchanan Award last year. So it was Patrick O'Connell. Bringing him back is huge. The fact that he was a finalist 
Isaiah Land is also coming back, who won the award from Florida A&M. Uh, but Patrick O'Connell coming back is fantastic for that defense, that you're not losing both star linebackers. You're getting the best one back for this upcoming year. The thing that scares me the most about this offense, though, man, is that Xavier Harris led the team in rushing. He had around 700 yards. But they're freaking getting back Marcus Knight, who we yeah. didn't see for a very long time. And we forget that in 2019, he had 23 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, we were all in on rushing Marcus touchdowns. Knight. I I saw, I read the article. I said, Marcus Knight, why is that from? Oh, Mar- that yeah. Marcus Knight. And I'm like, oh, I really liked Marcus Knight. We were, we were like, oh, how many, how many more is he going to score? Because he was just a, a, a red zone monster. It just, it just crushed him in the red. Who was, he was uh, very similar to the, um, uh, the VMI running back that transferred to the Citadel, who oh, just God. eat up touchdowns. Oh, it's I'm bringing up a name that you might not have had top of mind, uh, but no, he was in the remember. same light uh, there where you just got into the uh, red zone. You're like, all right, here we go, touchdown time, uh, or he's not going to fumble the ball time, or you know, it's points time. Except uh, night back, and then Justin Ford. Uh, I'm a fan of his personally because. It, he's he 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 flies around at that cornerback position, and we kind of see cornerbacks either take on that. You know, I'm a man to man cover corner. I'm a zone cover corner. He is a all around cover corner, and then he is also a tackler. And he is in on uh, on plays. He is a um, hustle to the ball guy. Uh, he is a a guy that will focus in on where the ball is. I'm going to get there. I'm going to make the tackle. I'm going to contribute. Uh, a swarm defense is what I am uh, uh, trying to get at. Uh, be- very big fan of his. So having him and O'Connell back on the defensive end, it's going to be nice to have a couple leaders uh, there too. Yeah, very big to be returning those players. And Sean, the um, the quarterback battle that I was referencing is going to be between Chris Brown, who returns last year as somebody who stepped in during injuries to Cam Humphrey. Um, but additionally, at the same time, he also wasn't consistently looked to when there were quarterback injuries. So right. not exactly necessarily the backup. Um, but in addition to this, we also have a transfer coming in to compete with Lucas Johnson. He's coming from San Diego State. Uh, I believe he started for the team for a good chunk of last year. And he also comes from Georgia Tech. Now, his this guy, last guy's name was not brought up in the competition, but it's worth noting at the quarterback position, they also brought in a three-star quarterback recruit in Caden Hoot, who was the highest-rated quarterback and player in Montana, and he chose to go and play for the Grizz. But this quarterback battle, Sean, what, what do you make of it? What do you think is the who has the edge just based on the experience and the circumstance that we know? One guy comes from an FBS program. The other one comes from uh, being there already. I'll get to that right now. But, Joe, I looked it up. Uh, Alex Ramsey, 1,300 rushing yards and 22 God. rushing touchdowns. I, I had to look it up. I'm sorry if that derailed it, but that was the name. Um, <laughs> how about that, man? Uh, golly, I ca- I'll pull someone, but I won't know the name off the top of my head. That's what I can promise you on this show. Um, this quarterback battle, you bring in the transfer. Everyone has instant thoughts of a transfer, right? Um, 
you think that he's going to be a, a big time stud. He's going to have a, a big time uh, rocket launcher arm. It doesn't always pan out like that, but I don't think Brown did enough to solidify himself saying, all right, going in the spring, going in the summer. I'm the, you know, in the article here, it's saying he made four starts. He finished 19 and 152 for a thousand yards, three touchdowns and four interceptions. I, I they won they went three and one in that span, but that leaves it open for quarterback competition. That is a, not enough to say, okay, you did enough to have this uh, solidified. So we're going to bring in some competition, which they rightfully should do. That mm-hmm. that's that's how it works. That's how it operates. Um, golly, who is the we we see it even in the NFL. It's always a competition. Uh, uh, other people get brought in. Other people are saying, all right, well, I didn't do enough. You're always going to look to upgrade. I think, was it Garoppolo that had that jag recently? Somebody did, where they were incredibly open and yeah, optimistic. Yeah, yeah, Garoppolo is, has been easily the, the most optimistic person in a quarterback battle that I've I've ever seen. I'm trying to think. Somebody else did, but it, it doesn't matter now. Uh, but you bring it in, you got to do more. Brown oh, was it Darnold? I don't know if it was Darnold because Darnold went on busting with the boys and like he had this whole quote where it's like, you know, like I know it's going to happen. They're going to bring somebody in to try and unseat me. But I think that I've proved that I'm a good quarterback is what he said. It might have been Darnold. It didn't feel like Darnold, though. I, I'm, I'm not I'm going to try not to do my bit where I just rack my brain on this and, and stop focusing on the show <laughs> and derail the show because we're sitting here trying to remember names. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, bringing in quality guys is never going to hurt your team. It's never going to hurt your team. The only time it does is if they are just a locker room cancer. And you can never really predict how that goes. Guys could be homesick. Guys could not like the school. They could not like the food at the school. They could not like their team. Whatever it is. That's the only real indicator I could see of bringing in a transfer that just might not fit. I mean, a lot of West Coast guys didn't fit in Rhode Island because it's not the West Coast. Sua Cravens didn't like playing in D.C. because he was a West Coast guy his entire life. It just it works out like that, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't take the risk and try to field the best player that you have just on merit because he was on the team beforehand. I think in this circumstance, if I had to pick based on the background of both these guys who I think is going to end up winning this job, I, I lean a little bit in favor of Lucas Johnson just based on from what I saw watching Chris Brown in the times where he's had to step in. I was a bit underwhelmed. Uh, I thought that there was a significant drop off mm-hmm. from when Humphrey went down and Brown had to step in. But you also take into account that the guy has starting experience coming from an FBS program, was in the locker room at an ACC program. He's got the, the experience. I believe it said he was like a seventh year senior, which is insane to see, but thank you, COVID. <laughs> Regardless, that, that's going to give him the edge. Being around as long as he has, coming from bigger programs, I'm going to always lean in that direction until they really prove me wrong. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll get some more res- report. The thing is, it, it all all the reports that we were seeing, everyone was good, everyone was happy. You know, we're all we're mm. we're going to see how it goes through the summer. So that's when we're going to get our final. Div- because I don't know, coaches aren't really going to go that hard in the paint uh, talking about this stuff. You know and. Sean, are you still there? Your internet is fantastically working. No, I'm still there. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I think we're good. Um, all right, Sean, I want to talk about this this article. Okay. Um, so at the end of last week, Nicole Arbach put out an article with the headline, 
Actually, let me read the tweet that she has with the article. We sure. can't, can't read the article because it's an athletic article. So yeah. this nonsense is behind a paywall. I'm not going to pay four bucks a month to, to read be her shit stuff. on. Her tweet reads, spring games are glorified scrimmages at best. FBS coaches want to fix the sports calendar. Here's one solution to two problems. Play FCS opponents in the spring. And that to me is so unbelievably disrespectful, not only to FCS players, but to college football overall. Brendan, a listener of the show, Uh made a really good point on Twitter. And it, it aligns exactly with what my thoughts are were on this article. The spring game is not supposed to be entertaining. It is not an entertainment value product. No. It is for the players on the team. And spring ball is for the team to develop, to learn new schemes, to make pr- progress. To evaluate. Into, to evaluate, exactly. It's a, a huge evaluation things. period. It is so important for the development of a team. It is My not God. an in- entertainment event. It no. is not. But the big thing for me here is that I don't think anybody realizes the importance of those FCS, FBS games. Those games are still going to get scheduled regardless. Yes. Because those teams are going to pay these FCS schools to come play them there has never been a problem and i think that even as we progress towards uh, a different system like some coaches are are suggesting with one massive conference there's still going to be a possibility for those games to be scheduled it's going to happen yeah the thing with those fcs fbs games it provides opportunities for fcs prospects to get noticed by performances that they have against bigger programs when we played virginia tech Isaiah Coulter made himself a draftable prospect off of that game from the people that I spoke to. Cole Strange, when I spoke to him, he told me that he started to get a lot of recognition because of how well he played against Kentucky. So why the hell does that make sense to deprive these players of playing FBS teams in the regular season because you want to make the scrimmage more entertaining? I just think that it lacks an understanding of college football the importance of these games for the team and not for the viewer. It's just stupid and lazy like we always get with these freaking FCS FBS takes. Joe, I don't know if I've ever discussed it on the show, uh, but my sophomore year, I guess true sophomore year, um, I I had the opportunity to, at the very least, try out and make the baseball roster at URI. Uh I had a meeting set up with coaches. I had a tryout scheduled for when we got back from winter break. And then I got back. And then that's when we had a, uh, a tackle on the team that was ahead of me uh, decide that he might want to transfer. So that meant that there was an opportunity at that tackle position where I'm seeing there's the light. This is the spring ball where I need to totally focus on football and say, here is a chance to be evaluated, get first team reps, go as hard as I can, do all of that. And it was invaluable, no matter how it panned out. You know, they still brought in transfers. They still had guys ultimately better uh, than me. But this is what college football players do in the spring. They eat and they lift and they train. There's nothing entertaining about it. Being in the gym at, uh, at 4.45 in the morning uh, doing uh, six inches in planks is not entertaining. 
you're molding a team before they go off in the, uh, in the summer where you hope that while they're home, they're still training. Mm-hmm. You're, you're building them up and trying to get uh, things lined up. So for the summer, it goes more smoothly for your team because you're not thinking of an opponent yet. You might want to install a new steam, uh, a scheme. It's all incredibly valuable to have that, that time in the spring to come together and say, this is what we're going to focus on in the summer. These are the steps we need to take now. Focusing on playing uh, uh, Georgia on, on, you know, say next week. All right, guys. All right. It was a good spring. Good spring. Now we're going to go play Georgia. How does that help anybody? How does it help Georgia no. either? They're doing the same stuff. Their spring game layout and our spring game layout and every other spring game layout in the in college football is the same. So as much as it would impact uh, FCS schools, it would also impact FBS schools who are trying to do the same thing, trying to get a spot for the summer, trying to come back and, and, and compete and show that, oh, oh, he does. Maybe we'll give him some money or maybe uh, this is a time where he we can retain him and do this and that. It, it is a incredibly narrow sided take uh, by Auerbach. I don't like it. I don't care what the rest of the article says. It's uh, silly and it is stupid. It's a bad take uh, and people that are buying into it. I cannot agree with them. I, I didn't. I honestly didn't see very many people agreeing with it. Um, and Maybe I it's- look, it, it's it's a typical bozo take from from that you get from national media pundits that don't really know what they're talking about and try to. to well, Joe, to, they're the from, athletic. They're shocking, you know. They're they're they think outside the box. Yeah, and they charge money so people can read read those crappy articles. I just I I can't I can't stand that that we get takes like this from national pundits. It's 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 so aggravating to well, me. Well, that's because, why we're here. You know, that's right, why we're it, here. But, if yeah, if you ever want, <laughs> but John, it pisses me off because like our understanding of football is so deep because we play at at an FBS, FCS level and we're trying to build up our coverage so we can cover the whole goddamn thing. But we're starting from the ground up. But then you have people who are at the top who are talking about shit that they don't know what they're talking about because they've never even looked at an FCS football game. They have no goddamn idea. These are the same types of people that are suddenly hyping up Pierre Strong and Christian Watson when we've been banging the goddamn ta- table. I might have just fucked up my mic. <laughs> banging the table for those guys' as prospects yeah. since the season ended and during the season. It's just, it is the definition of being a hack. It is. Hack. hack. <sighs> Nicole Auerbach, hack. And anyone who agrees with her, you're also a hack. hack. Welcome to the city. Here's your duplex. No, Do I have a big backyard. No, those, you don't. Those hacks aren't allowed in the city. The, the, what? That, that's the that's hack city, brother. I thought that the listeners are supposed to be the the, the listeners have big houses. The listeners have big houses in hack city because if they can spend thirty minutes listening to this drivel, then you are as hack as it gets. Um, but, but there's another section of town. Yeah. You know, duplexes is nice and trendy. You know, but you're not. You know, you're in the city. The city, city, a hack city, but it's all a city, you know. They're just not the the permanent, long-staying residents that that have saved up and buy the house <laughs> with the big backyard. All right, fair. That's gonna be it from us. Yep. At Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio, Hack City on YouTube. Subscribe where you're listening. Sean, anything else? Hell no. Drive safe, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.